why I'm Dustin Goes to Hollywood. I'm Mally Moore. And you are listening to the Silver Linings Playlist, a podcast that tries to find the silver lining in some of cinema's most bleak endings. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we did the math wrong. Yeah, we did. Today, well, you did the math wrong. I did. Today is not election day. Yes, uh, tomorrow is. I'm all fucked up when it comes to time. Um, but yeah, you'll hear this episode. This will be our last episode before uh, we find out the results. But we thought this movie was a little relevant <laughs> in terms of... Yeah, yeah. In more ways uh, yeah. than we thought uh, that we initially planned. But yeah. Today's episode <clears throat> is American History X. Ooh, oh boy. This one was a lot heavier than I remember it being. I mean, I remember it being a pretty downer movie, but geez. Yeah, I watched this movie twice in preparation for this, and fuck. <laughs> in case you don't remember, American History X, the year is 1998. Director Tony Kay, starring Edward Norton, Edward Furlong, Beverly D'Angelo, Stacey Keach, Ethan Suple, and Avery Brooks. And What's his name? Elliot Gould? Is Elliot Gould in this? Yeah, he plays the uh, teacher that sends Danny to the principal's office in the first oh, place, yeah, and he yeah, tries to um, date the mom. Yes. How is he not billed? Uh, well, I, I usually go by Roger Ebert's review, because he usually bills who he thinks should be billed. I know, uh, still. This movie's got a lot of people. I mean, I didn't include Farusa Balkan here, either. Oh, that's true. So, yeah. I mean, I Great just, job on pronouncing her name, because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> just going by, just going by, my man Ebert. All right. Um, the movie uh, had a budget of seven point five million and had a worldwide gross of twenty four million dollars, which is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, not bad, not bad. No, I mean, not huge by any means. That's that's uh that's Kevin Smith money. Oh yeah, it's got an eighty three percent certified fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Mr. Edward Norton was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor. Well deserved. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, even if it's just a nomination. I don't remember who was running the running that year, but um, you want to look it up? I, I'm kind of curious. I want to see who he lost to that year. So it would be the 1999 Oscars. Um, and the movie itself sits at a number 31 on IMDb's top 250. Wow. Yep. So is there anything you want to talk about, Miley, before we get into the trailer for this movie? Uh, uh, fuck this trailer. Yeah, this trailer is a weird one, but uh, I guess while you're looking that up, let's go ahead and listen to the trailer. Look, I told you, I don't want you all coming up here to see me. I don't care what you told me, okay? I'm trying to get through this, and you're just making it harder. You think you're the only one doing time, Derek? You think I'm not in here with you? He was his mother's hope. He's gone. You don't know the world your children are living in. His father's legacy. It's everywhere I look now. What? This affirmative black shit. The white man marches on! See this? That means not welcome. And his brother's hero. I trust you, Derek. Drop your weapon! God, no! All there is All that anger. All that hate. Has anything you've done made your life better? Derek Vineyard was released from Chino early this morning. Hey, man, how you doing? Too big to give me a hug? Oh, it's good to see you. Check this out, man. When'd you get that? What? Well, I came to talk about Danny. He's headed right where you are. What's wrong with you? Cut the kid alone. He thinks the joint mess with your mind. Did. I'm asking you to do whatever's in your power. You know what you're gonna do? You're gonna get me shot by a bunch of white boys. I am out, and Danny is out too. And if you come near my family again, I will feed you your heart. Ah! 
What's happening, Jack? I don't think you realize what's been going on here. We are ten times what we were. They're after you, man. They're gonna come for me. They're gonna come for me. There ain't nothing I can do. Hey, Danny! Get it! Jack! friend and I'm not telling you what to do but I need you to understand so this movie this trailer is this schizophrenic garbage <laughs> it is awful it just it just like screams 90s it's all over the place super 90s it's got like i feel like it's four different movies rolled oh into there's one. like five different songs in a what minute and a half two minute trailer mm-hmm. yeah you got like a hip-hop beat you've got like the operatic music and you've got like this weird almost like funk porno kind of music it's well and like they like some of like the best and most impactful lines are in the trailer but they're so out of context, they sound terrible. Yeah, they're just, just random people spouting about nothing. <laughs> so you pulled up the, the Oscar nominees and winners for yes, 1999. so 1998, nominees, Tom Hanks for Saving Private Ryan, Ian okay. McKellen for Gods and Monsters, mm-hmm. Nick Nolte for Affliction, mm-hmm. Norton for American History X, and the winner, this film also won Best Foreign Picture, Rob, Roberto Benigni... Mm-hmm. For Life is Beautiful, which I don't even know what that is. I know the movie. I'm pretty sure he deserved it, but I, I don't think Tom Hanks should have been nominated for that. That was a very, probably throwaway, probably wasn't that strong of a year for, I mean, yeah. Tom Hanks is good in Saving Private Ryan, but he's not Best Actor nominated for that. No, nah, probably not. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I guess Norton just got a short end of the stick because he was a little bit newer, almost fresher on the scene back then. True, true. All right, so is there anything else you want to talk about? Before we start talking about American History X, let's do this. All right. Well, my this first is going to be sad. Yeah, my first note is Nazi sex because we start the movie off uh, with Danny, who is uh, Edward Furlong, yep. who's a skinhead waking up because he hears two people breaking into his brother uh, Derek's car. It's his truck in the middle of the night. So he goes and he wakes up. He tries to to not wake up, but tell. Derek, that people are breaking into his car, and in his room is uh, Edward Norton playing Derek. Derek, and he is having sex with his girlfriend, Stacy, and his room is just littered with swastikas, swastikas and Nazi paraphernalia. Anyways, there's these two uh, gangbangers breaking into his car, uh, and so Derek kind of throws Stacy off of him, gets his underwear on, reaches into his drawer and grabs his gun. And walks outside, shoots one of the guys standing at the door, who's also got a gun, before he can do anything. Shoots him with like six bullets. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about this. Okay. The number of bullets in this scene. I counted. 24? At least 24. (laughs) On like a, what, a nine magazine clip? That is a big fucking clip. Yeah. No, it's definitely a goof, because that was my next note, too, is how many bullets are in this clip. Yeah. Towards the end, it gets... He pops quite a few off in quick succession but i think it's 24 yeah that's what imdb's told me too is 24 um, way to go imdb he fires a lot of shots into this first guy uh the driver's 
tries to run off. He pops this dude in the, I'm assuming in the shoulder or the face on the first try, like across the yard. He's a great shot. He's done this before. Yeah. Shoots the driver. The driver still manages to get away. He shoots the guy that was breaking into his car in his leg and uh, pops a few more rounds off into the car as it's driving away. So we kind of end this scene, which is in black and white and is in the, uh, we'll come to find out as a flashback. Yeah. Uh, with Edward Norton reaching down for the guy that's still alive on the ground that he shot in the leg. Which, how do you feel about the whole flashback in black and white? I don't mind it. I kind of like it. It kind of works. Like it's kind of. I've seen it in some movies where it's just stupid. Say in in, in a lesser it movie, it would be cheesy. Really well in this because I I think what what's happening is it's it's lit for black and white. It doesn't yeah. look like it's done in post. Yeah. No. Like I wonder if they like they had to. have Plan for that oh, yeah. the whole time because yeah. it works too well. Uh, so we we cut to present day, uh, which is three years later. We find out um, we meet Murray, who is this Jewish teacher speaking with the principal of this high Elliot school. Elliot Cole speaking with uh, <laughs> the principal of this high school, uh, who is uh, Sweeney Bob Sweeney. The the black principal, and so they're kind of just talking about Derek's little brother Danny and how he's kind of out of control. Turns out Danny had to do a paper for uh, Murray's class about any civil rights leader, and he chose to do a paper on Hitler entitled My Mind Kampf. So, My My Struggle. <sighs> uh, That's like that Halloween H2O <clears throat> title right there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Sweeney has Danny come in, and he's basically like, look, uh, you're acting out. Uh, but I also realized that your brother was re- released from jail this morning. And he's like, look, you're not going to be, you know, uh, you're not taking history with, with Murray anymore. I'm going to be your history teacher. And we're going to call this class American History X. Credits. They do it right up front, which I'm kind of kind of glad they did. They're like, we got to go ahead and get this shit out of the way. Yeah. Basically, he's like, look, you're going to do, uh, you're going to write me a paper about your brother. He's like, whatever it is, I just want it on my desk tomorrow morning. And so Danny's kind of like, man, whatever, you know, <laughs> rebellious teenager kind of type. Go figure. We and we're uh, furlong. Yeah, we Method cut acting. to. This is definitely post Terminator Two. Like this oh, is yeah. a sequel to Terminator Two. His voice 2. has changed. Oh, I mean, it's literally a sequel to Terminator Two. Uh, oh shit! Yeah. T one thousand was kind of a skinhead, right? I mean, without what? having no. his head skinned, he looked like a skinhead. He was just a white dude. Exactly. That's like fifty percent, if not higher. Actually, it's more than it's like eighty percent of their clientele. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually have a note about a later scene about regarding a white dude. But anyway, okay, keep going. We cut to these uh, these three these three black teenagers bullying this this white teenager, and enters uh, Danny, who is not pulling up with their shit. He kind of blows smoke in one of their faces, and you know, super hard ass. Yeah, there's just kind of a, a dick swinging contest here, and. Uh, the the guys leave. Danny tries to help the kid up. He's like, "You gotta stand up for yourself." And then we cut to a police station, uh, where Sweeney is entering, and he meets with these people. And basically, we get this all is the exposition, all the exposition ever. you need. Yeah, we learn about Derek. Uh, he, you know, three years ago, he was kind of the hotshot uh, in charge of all of the skinheads, but he was being led by this Charles Manson type named Cameron Alexander. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Alexander was basically the yeah, like I said, the Charles Manson kind of pulling the strings and having Derek do all his dirty work. Uh, we find out from a videotape, courtesy of NBC. Yeah, that line bothers the hell out of me. 
Like, um, well, we have this interview courtesy of NBC, mind yeah. you. What? <laughs> Why is that necessary? We we see this videotape of back when, uh, probably like what, maybe five years before, where uh, Derek is being interviewed after his father, who was a firefighter, was murdered on the job somehow. We don't really find out exactly how, but uh, well, as they, they kind of say how. Well, as the interview goes on, Derek kind of implies that this is all. Because of a race issue in the like, country. He was a firefighter. Like he was putting out a fire in like a crack den, and a crackhead shot him. Okay, yeah, I must have missed that part. Pay attention. God, you I'm, had one job. You're right. I'm sorry, but we find out, like I said, that yeah, his father was murdered. Derek blames it solely on race relations. He goes on this huge rant about illegal immigrants, about racism, about social injustices, mm. all that kind of stuff. And he even lets the N-word slip on one, well, probably not slip, probably in, in, totally intentional. And I, my question is, why does this news reporter let this interview keep going? Because <laughs> as soon as he starts okay. talking about it's all, quote-unquote, the blacks. That, dude, that's good television. Yeah, but your you job. Know, the moment he dropped the N-word, that reporter was like, I struck fucking gold, son. Mm, I feel like this is live. I, I mean, granted. Yeah, and their ratings are probably going to. Granted, Jump. I was gonna say. Granted, this is probably a field package that's edited way later. But still, I feel like I'd be like, oh, okay, like as soon as he starts going, maybe not on his race spiel because that could probably be like, oh, well, you know, that's gonna like, uh, you know, how they spin stories like, oh, right, well, his right. dad, you know, whatever, his dad was a racist. He taught his son racist shit, whatever. But I feel like as soon as he drops the n word, that's when you got to cut, man. <laughs> you can't do that. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we find out that Derek's getting released, and they want Derek to help, like, bring this this white skinhead gang down, pretty much from the inside. We go with Danny. Uh, this is gonna be confusing going Danny and Derek. Maybe we should. Yeah. You think we should just refer to? Well, them as, we can't say Edward and Edward. Yeah. Let's say Edward Furlong and Edward Norton. Let's How go Norton and Furlong. For, okay, so Furlong go, is going to Venice Beach and going up to the basketball courts and just kind of watching. We see... He gives this little spiel about how the neighborhood's gone to shit, yada, yeah. yada, yada. And we see that the, the black community has pretty much taken over these basketball yeah. courts. And wherein the kid that uh, Furlong blew smoke into his face in the bathroom is there with his crew. And they see, I guess, like maybe his older brother and his yeah, older brother's I think, friends. I think it's supposed to be like his older brother. Yeah. And then we get a flashback. We get, you know, uh, Furlong says, you know, you didn't used to always be this way. We cut back uh, earlier, probably about four or five years ago, to the same basketball courts, and there's a basketball game going you know, on. It wasn't four or five years ago. I think this is like the day of. You think so? Well, yeah, because it's. Those I mean, it's the, the same guys, yeah, but yeah, I didn't know if maybe. I, those... I th- yeah, I okay. think it's like a day, like either earlier that day or just very shortly uh, okay. before. Well, they're having the basketball game, and it's pretty much, I think it's pretty much integrated. It doesn't look like it's yeah. integrated yet. But, uh,. This this larger character Seth, you might recognize from Boy Meets World or some other Boy stuff. Meets World, um, a lot of Kevin Smith movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, My name is Earl. Yeah, he he kind of like uh, in shit talking calls one of the black the black guy that actually Derek shoots in the leg on his lawn in the flashback at the beginning of the movie he calls him boy in a very derogative offensive manner, and they kind of just all get up in each other's faces. The game is pretty much put on hold. And Seth makes a bet that he can beat the the other team. Yeah. But they're already down by like two points or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's eight to six. Yeah. And so... And I'm assuming it's a ten-point game. Mm-hmm. Aaron Norton and, and Cameron Alexander are there, and they're like, you know, this is a stupid bet you've made, but here, I'm going to jump in. Edward Norton's like, I'm going to jump in and save the day. So basically, he goes up to 
the black gentleman. He's like, look, here's what we're going to do. Keep the same score, but we're going to do whites versus blacks. Whoever wins gets control of these courts forever. Not today, just today, you know, forever. And whoever loses, no bitching, no moaning. You leave for good. And, you know, the game starts. And Edward Norton apparently is a fucking legend on this courts, man. He is, like, running shit. He scores, like, insane. every point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, though, this music is way too intense for, for a street. fuck it is, dude? It's, it's, like, operatic, like, intense music for this basketball shit game. Shit is going down, <laughs> dude. They're uh, playing for the fucking court, son. I guess. Uh, maybe Space Jam could have learned a lesson by taking music from oh, this movie. Oh, um, if they had put... Oh, this, I guess Space Jam, Space Jam was two years earlier. Wait, really? Yeah, I think it was 96. Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure it was. Um... The, the black gentleman elbows Edward Norton in the face. I want to... S- Never mind. What? I want to mash up of this in Space Jam. <laughs> no play, one ooh, play this scene no with the Space Jam it. song. Over yes. yes. Um, it's, it, he gets elbowed to the face, <laughs> but Edward Norton's like, whatever. You know, we're still yeah. going to... You know. And it's, it's so blood, funny. Drink some water. It's fun. It's so funny because, you know, Seth's like, you got to call foul on that shit or whatever. Dude, it's game point. He's like, Come game on. point. And even Stacey's like, yeah, you got to do something. He's like, it's game point. He's so nonchalant about this whole situation. He's right, though. You don't call yeah. that shit on game point. Yeah. But he's, he's have, the way he says it, like, he's like laughing. Like, this is yeah, too funny like, to him. Honey, it's game point. Like, yeah. come on. Like, he's so enjoying this moment. As tense as it is, in the most... Well, no, and like, okay, I'm not going to lie. I forget every time during the scene that it's like, you know, a whole like race thing. And I'm just like, I love basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of it, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel awful. Well, like I said, he's he's got like a sadistic... Like he's got a sadistic kind of enjoyment out of this whole thing. Uh, but yeah, he ends up... Uh, it's not it's it's not technically an interception in a basketball game, right? He ends up just basically taking the ball and scoring. He, he and, gets he gets that. Well, he he blocks he blocks the guy. Yeah. shot, gets the rebound. Yeah, and then dunks on a motherfucker. Like reverse dunk, like yeah. spin dunk. And of course, the whites win the game. They kick the the black all the black people off the court. And yeah, so we come back to future day. We find out that Derek didn't allow his family to visit him. In prison, he said it was gonna be too hard on him. He was already having to do a lot of shit in prison, deal with all that, and he didn't want yeah. to see his family. So he's back. He's back in their house, and this is a different house than what we started off with. This is yeah, a very right. cramped apartment, yeah, like very small. cramped. And there's like five people living in here, and it's like two bedroom. Yeah, it's the mom, the, the sister, sister, the baby, furlong, and furlong. Yeah, so and four and now Derek's, Derek's back. Yeah, now so Derek's five. back. And Derek's got a full head of hair. He's in like this nice. Look, he's looking. He's he, looking good. He is looking great, dude. Yeah. This white long sleeve, like the early '90s, where he was tucked into like the black jeans, the tight jeans. This is a good look for him. Plus, not to mention he is ripped in this movie. Like oh, he's cut. Yeah. He's all cut up. Um, he gets to see Danny for the first time in three years, and Danny is straight up a reflection of him from the past. He's got the skinhead. He's He's got this this tattoo, and I don't remember what what does DOC stand for. Uh, do you remember uh, what they say? It's basically it's the white uh, gang uh, in the in Venice Beach's acronym. It's their calling, and Danny has it tattooed on his arm and says that Cameron did it. And Derek doesn't seem too well, I, uh, Norton doesn't seem too too uh, excited about it. Um, so yeah, he's just kind of Dis- catching up. Disciples of Christ. Is that it from this movie, or is that just what you looked up? Like, did you just Google DOC? 
I googled DOC American History X. Okay, well, I, I guess I believe that. Hold up. We get to see Seth again. Seth is in his van driving to Danny and Derek's house, and he's. Is this the most racist song ever? Oh yeah. Good. You think Lord, so? Yeah. It's it's. Uh, I have a note that says that song. Good Lord. Yeah. It's holy shit. It's like an old school country song, I guess. And it's it's, it's based off some. I can't think of the song right now but it's like based around the melody and chords of a song but i can't remember the name of the song but they made the lyrics it's very real racist it's like a public domain song that this yeah this, this, the song is actually a real song and it's johnny rebel and the song is called the white man marched on which wait this is a real song this is a real song so I like they had up. to go and get the rights to this song yeah Dude, there's a lot of uh, surface shit here. Like, Danny's Ooh, character is actually based on a real skinhead. Same with Karen Alexander. Real skinheads that are... They have IMDb credits, I should mention. What the fuck? They have, they've made movies about skinheads. Bummer. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> so this is just another layer on this this racist cake that we have here. Uh, Seth shows that cake up. does not sound delicious. Yeah. Seth shows up to this house, kind of bursts his way in, and he's got his camera... Filming everything and uh, it's probably vanilla flavored. Probably, Sorry. Um, <laughs> it was hanging right there. Nor- I had yeah, to... Norton gets a phone call and he takes it in the back room, and we're not we don't get to know who he's talking to at the moment. But Seth you, comes you in. You can kind of pick up on who it is if you're paying attention. Yeah, but... he, Seth comes in. He's filming everything, and he sits Danny down, and he tells Danny as he's recording him, "Tell me what I want to hear." And Danny just goes off on this racist, like, his whole philosophy, pretty much. <laughs> there is one line that kind of gives you a little glimmer of hope for him, though. The first line, the... He's like, blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, some of them are right, I guess. Yeah, and that's when Seth's like, no, fuck you. No, yeah, they're not. Yeah, he's basically saying, you know, I hate black people. I hate... Spe- uh, it's uh, like, I hate that it's I hate cool Mexicans. Be... I hate that it's... Yeah, that's yeah. what my note is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. The, the most bone-chilling part of this little speech is the is when he starts actually going off on a real rant. And yeah. he says, and, uh, and Furlong says, I hate the fact that it's cool to be black these days. And Seth... Uh, like chimes him up with good. Yeah, he's just like good. Basically, this is like a whole brainwashing thing. Like it's yeah. down to this minute level of just everyday conversation. It's not just out in the streets. It's in the homes too, kind of thing. Um, Edward Norton comes in and he's hearing exactly what's going on. He tells Seth, "Go wait, and you know, in another room. I want to talk to my brother." And he finds out that you know, uh, Furlong wrote this mind comp paper, and Furlong's like looking up to him like. A puppy to his master, like, yeah, I did good, right? And and Edward was like, no, you got to stop doing this little, this, like, minutiae bullshit. Yeah. You know, you got to think bigger picture. And I got to say, during the scene, I've, I wanted Edward Norton to be my older brother. <laughs> oh, dude, he is awesome. the best older brother in this really moment, is. not in the flashback. No, in no, this no. Moment. No. And basically, he's like, you know, I found out, you know, that was Sweeney on the phone. He told me about the paper. I don't care what you say, you got to do it. You can learn a lot from him. And, Furlong is just taken aback. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Who is this person in front of me? Uh, the, then we find out that the mom is sickly because she's been smoking her lungs out, apparently. Uh, they go in the back room. They kind of talk. Seth is just like, he's like dominating this house like a drunken father. He's like, look, oh, yeah, he is. I want to go. Everyone get the fuck out of my way. And Norton, it just puts him in his corner. He's like, look, go wait outside. I want to talk to my family for a little bit. And so it's so the the visuals in this movie are so like all the nose, but so yeah, worth are. it. Like 
they, he, he, Seth goes out and he sits on the um at the coffee table and there's this bowl of jelly beans and in this bowl it's all white jelly beans which I've never seen a bowl of white jelly beans no. before. But in the middle is one tiny black jelly bean of course. that he throws on the floor yep. and chugs the rest of the white ones, which almost is backwards mentality because he's eating all the white jelly beans. He's eating his own kind. Anyways, we get yep. another flashback here. Uh, Edward Norton's got this whole... They're having this whole meeting outside this grocery store. It's him and Fuck. a bunch of white people, a bunch of skinheads, all in like black clothes with uh, ski mask and, and leggings pulled over their faces. And he's going off... Before he goes off on this huge hate speech, I got to say, though, there's one of them that's, that's smoking a joint, and Edward Norton straight up says, put that shit out, weed is for N-words. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a weird thing. Like, are they, they're like straight edge as well as skinheads. Like, it's a weird... Are they, though? Because I think, I mean, they drink and... Do they show them drinking? I think so. At the I, I mean, they show them at the, at the party they're drinking beer. But you, yeah, that's not... They're, but they never show any kind of drugs or anything. I mean, you well, could... drinking is included in Drinking is included in the straight edge thing. But they have, like, this almost, like, neo-straight edge kind of thing. Where, like, yeah. beer is okay, but... Nothing else for the most part. White trash, straight edge. You white edge. There you go. There you go. Uh, like a rusted edge. <laughs> um, he goes off on this huge hate oh, speech. Oh, we're coining the fuck out of that. He goes off on this huge hate speech to rile these people up, and he. But the thing about about Derek is he's not just you know Trump. You know he's not just going off on racist tirades or you know whoever else you want to compare him to today. He actually is smart he's very oh yeah very smart he's got statistics he's got numbers and he's twisting them in a way to make it you know seem like every problem we have in america is due to illegal immigrants is due to uh welfare is due to affirmative action to anything that isn't propagating the white agenda for the most part and it's scary like this whole scene is very scary yeah like, like it's he like, believes it. You believe this character straight up is like brainwashed by Cameron to it's 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 Palpatine and Vader, and this is Vader. Oh God, yeah, for sure. And it's scary because they go. They basically we find out that this grocery store they're in front of was owned by a white guy named Archie, and a few of the members of this crew actually worked there as kids, and now it was bought out by a Korean gentleman who and, fired everyone and, and hired on. Immigrants, uh, illegal immigrants, um, and so they're like, "We're gonna take it back." And they go in. This this scene is upsetting. Probably, Dude, th- uh. I don't know what's more upsetting: this scene or the scene on the curb later. This one is pretty upsetting to me. <laughs> um, they go in the store and they're just they're beating the people. They're destroying the store. Uh, one, the cashier in particular, dude, is so rough to watch. Cause oh yeah. They they layer. I'm. I don't know if she's Korean or Mexican or what. I don't. I, you can't really tell because it's black and white. And yeah. it's, it's a real quick scene, but they pretty much layer down. I, I'm guessing Mexican because I think they they like pour with like salsa in her mouth. They yeah, salsa, that's right. That's right. And they cover in milk and like they just kind of rub it on her. It's like every time I watch it, I I always remember I was like, oh yeah, they trashed the grocery store. I, I forget, forget they like fucking tortured that poor girl. They basically waterboard her with like with salsa and milk and everything. That's else. fucking terrible. Yeah, uh, you know, like gut punching people. The th- 
it, as they're doing all of this, uh, you know, Norton is leading, and he's watching it all, kind of in shock that it's all happening. But not shock as in this is terrible. Shock in is holy shit, this is actually working. Um, and it's just it's a chaos, dude. They he like takes the the cash register and throws it through the office windows and yep. stuff, and they they leave and they just leave it like that. But then we we go to another flashback. We we hear kind of as Danny Danny is typing his paper up in the in the present day, yeah. and it's he's calling his paper American History X. Too. Well, of course, but he's kind of talking in voiceover. Correct. He's talking about like you know it wasn't just Cameron. It was you know everything. And then they go back to a dinner scene where Edward Norton is there with his girlfriend Stacy, the mom, the sister, uh, Danny. Yeah, it's pretty much the whole family plus plus Murray Murray Elliot, Elliot Gould. And so they're kind of just having a discussion about Rodney King. And again, Derek is going off on this huge, like, uh, systematic tirade. There's just so many, like, racist monologues in this movie. It's yeah. insane. And if, if you don't know who Elliot Gould is and who this character is, he is 100% Jewish. Yeah. So it's he's, even uh, more, he's even more, like, terrified as... He's a, in what? He was in the Oceans movies, the remakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's in a bunch of stuff. He was in Friends. Mm-hmm. As Rachel and so basically, dad. basically, as as Norton's going off on this hate speech, you know, Murray's getting more and more uncomfortable because yeah. he's Jewish. He knows he's he's coming from next. Yeah. But um, well, I should also mention we find out that the whole reason that Derek ended up like this was because of his father being killed, and he blamed it on a race issue, and then had Cameron kind of come in and yeah, yeah. But what's again, just like the previous speech, what's scary about this one is that it's. It's not just racist tirade bullshit. It's like, I don't want to say evidence. It's like almost definitive proof of what he's, like he's twisting the facts to basically fit his agenda, but in the most conceivable way, which is the worst kind of racist. Like the way way he says it makes you almost believe him. Almost believe him. Like, obviously, I mean, obviously I don't. I I guess, I guess. Like, I don't agree with him or anything, but just like. It's you can understand why he it's feels like a, that way. It's like good. He's a great fucking public speaker. Let's oh, just say a, that he could he's be a, a great, fantastic politician, dude. If he got into like motivational speaking, mm-hmm. holy fuck! Mm-hmm. Instead, he got into Nazi racism. How the Jordan Belfort was in Wolf of Wall Street. This, yeah, he's that, but for racism, pretty much. And, well, like, and it's was, like it's that's why it makes this so like unsettling and uncomfortable because you're like. He's just so fucking like charismatic mm-hmm. and shit, but he's saying the worst possible shit right. that someone could say. And I'm not saying his belief system is right, but the numbers he's quoting and the statistics and the logic behind it, it makes sense for his agenda. And I think what's worse is there's not really a lot of, it's not really a whole lot of debate here. It's more of a teaching because Elliot Gould tries to come back with, well, you can't, blah blah blah, and even his sister is like, you, you know, you're, he, she even calls him a, a, the junior, a junior KKK leader or something yeah, like yeah. that. But it's just like it's scary in that as it's going on, you're like, well, I don't really hear a whole lot of holes in his argument, and that's when it makes you kind of an active audience. It's like you know, obviously you don't support what he's doing, but he's got a lot of facts to back him up, and it's really scary. Um, but basically, this whole thing escalates, and and the thing is, Danny is watching all of this and not saying a word. Yeah, he's just kind of taking it all in. And again, the Rodney King thing comes up. You know, it's stuff that's relevant today too: police brutality, profiling, uh, just everything that's happening today is talked about in the speech. 
and it eventually turns on Murray, where he's like, you know, how dare this? We've apparently find out that his mom, Derek's mom, and and Elliot Gould are kind of dating, I guess. Yeah, and you know, he's like, how could you let a Jewish man sit at our table after our dad has died because of this, whatever? And Edward Norton, it's the worst part of this scene is. Elliot Gould is broken. Like he doesn't want to cry in front of this man. He doesn't want to like. He's he's scared of him, but what's worse is he pities him. Yeah. And as he's uh, leaving, he turns back. And Edward Norton basically takes his shirt off and shows him that he's got this huge swastika tattooed on his chest, and he says, "Do you see this? This means you are not welcome." And it's just heartbreaking, dude, because you can see the pain in Elliot Gould. Like he's like, dude, this kid is, fa- I like, because he was a teacher for him. Yeah, he's like, I have failed this kid straight up. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, as this is all happening, Derek is like attacking his sister because his sister is trying to defend uh, Murray. Is like choking her out with food, like force feeding her to the point where she can't breathe. And his mom is trying to fight him off, and he throws his mom to the floor. And his mom, after Murray leaves, his mom is like, you know, uh, Edward Norton's like, aren't you ashamed? Yelling at his mom, aren't you ashamed that you have, that you've fallen for a Jewish man? And then she says, I'm ashamed that you came out of my body. Fucking God. Which is the hardest fucking line here. Like, we find out late also, too, that because, uh, you know, she says, I want you out of my house. And he says, fine, I'll be gone in the morning. That this is the night before the opening scene. Yeah. Uh, this is the day before all of that happened. So we cut back to present day, and while Derek and Seth are gone, we Danny is uh, so playing this. with his little sister yeah. and talking to his mom, and his mom's his mom sees potential in Danny to come back from this. Like he's not too far gone yeah. at this point. She's like, you know, when you gonna Which let your goes hair back to that? You know, maybe they're all right. I guess. Yeah, like when you gonna let your hair grow out? You know, your beautiful hair, and he's like, you know, whatever. And you can see Danny is like on the fence. Like he can, be, he can come back from this. And yeah. it's, I, I don't want to say you know he's a good kid that just got in the bad with the wrong crowd, because he does do some shit and say some shit that you know even under the influence you mm-hmm. can't you know justify it. So we also find out um, we go back to another flashback, and this is where if you know anything about this movie or have heard anything like about it, this movie, you know this, you know this scene. scene. In detail. The infamous. Yeah. So we. this is right after Derek has shot the driver that yeah. was breaking into like his the cars, car. The other car's gotten away, but this guy's still left out in the front yeah. lawn. The guy from the basketball game that they were having a tiff with that has been shot in the back of the leg now because he was trying to break into Derek's dad's truck that Derek's dad left him. He grabs him. Derek grabs him by the shirt. You know, puts a gun to his head. Bite the fucking curb. He tells him to bite the curb. Literally put your teeth on the curb. Your top teeth and bottom teeth. And we God. hear... It's so... The sound design, man, sells the right, scene. Don't forget what's his line right before. I will. I will. I'll get there. But he, I want to I want to build up to it. because <laughs> Danny is running outside. He's seeing what's happening. He's screaming no at Derek because he realized what's about to happen. Yeah. We see this black guy's got his. You hear his teeth scraping the curb and as like, he's and trying he's to screaming, just like "Don't do it! Don't yeah. do it!" He's got a gun to the back of his head, but he's pushing his teeth on the curb. We hear his teeth scraping the curb, and Derek lifts his foot up and says, "Probably what I think should be the tagline of this movie." Uh, now say good night, and literally kicks this man in the back of the skull. Not kicks, fucking stomps. stomps. Curb stomps him. So basically, and Danny just fucking st- 
stop. He is dead in his he tracks. Is done. He is. I think we see Danny literally break. Like he falls to his knees. He is unbelievably shattered. Like, and what's worse is we see the curb stomp happen. Uh, yeah, they don't cut away from it. No. And how how does this work? I mean, are you? Is it just the the skull is fractured to the point of like just internal bleeding? Because I mean, or is the impact of it's I like think, a head-on collision. Honestly, I think it's a combination of things. Like it's, I mean, he's stomping on the back of your skull, mm-hmm. so that's at that's, least doing some damage that's to your spinal gonna crack, cord. Yeah, and, spinal cord gonna crack your skull, like fucking make your brain fucking shake. Yeah, your fucking jaw is gonna fucking break, of yeah. course, because yeah. you're getting your mouth is on a fucking curb. Yeah, teeth are getting broken. That's what I was thinking. Is maybe like the skull is impacting the front yeah. of the face to where it's like breaking out of the. The mouth, basically. Yeah. Oh, oh. Like that's a br- <laughs> like. That I gotta is say, it's fu- probably an instant death. Oh, yeah. I mean, if not, honestly, it's pretty I quick. fucking hope so. It's got to be quick because he there is no he does not hold back on the stomp at all. It is hard. Um, like when you say like when you're like oh yeah curb stomp like when you say there's a curb stomp in this movie you're like oh fuck like that's brutal no and but when <laughs> you fucking think about it that is so. Fucking brutal. I would dude. think the internal, the impact alone would probably at least knock you unconscious to the where the oh, internal no, no. bleeding kills if you. I, if I, all right, if someone ever curb stomps me, I better fucking die right away. I don't want to live through that shit. No, I don't either. I don't want to be conscious. No, conscious, conscious. I don't want to be conscious. Whatever. That I don't want to be paralyzed for the rest of my life. No, fucking please stomp on it hard. Kill me. Um, but what's even more disturbing is this: is the police show up. And they put, you know, they order Derek to drop his gun, get on his knees. And what's the worst part of it about this? Oh, scene, we should also say he does all this in a pair of white boxers and combat boots. Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> the image is terrifying because, you know, he he immediately surrenders to the police, but not in a like oh shit way, in a more like good take me in. Drops his gun on the ground, puts his hands up in the air, and again, this dude is ripped. Like he t- in in slow motion. This whole scene is in slow motion. They. You know, the police turn him, tell him to turn around, get on his knees. And as he turns around, he has this look on his face, this, this like, glimmer in his eye and this almost smile. Like, this, like, please, he's pleased with himself. It's, it's, yeah. and he's looking right in Danny's eyes. And Danny cannot believe what Un- he is seeing. Yeah, he has that weird, creepy, wide-eyed kind of smile until... Like he looks like Danny and him kind of share that glance for a minute, and then it just turns to fucking anger real just quick. Pure unadulterated rage. Like it's the sadistic smile. Like he's so he's so far in that smile. You realize he's gone. Yeah, this dude is gone. And as soon as the cops pick up Danny to put him back in the house, that's when the, the rage comes out. And Edward Norton is goes goes from satisfied with himself to just pure anger. Um, and then we cut back to to. Danny cutting his paper, uh, writing his paper in present day, and we see the line saying that uh, it would have been life if I had testified. Yeah, which we find out obviously he didn't. So Derek gets three years in prison for that's an awfully short prison. Yeah, sentence. three years in prison for like a t- def- I mean, definitely attempted murder. For, two two murders, yeah. two assault and uh, assault and batteries like, plus murder. Like yeah, plus three years. Well, three assault and batteries because he shoots all three of them. Yeah. One gets away. Two are dead. So he's two murders. I'm assuming the first degree. Uh, 
Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess to a no, certain plus point... Plus no telling if that gun was legally, like, yeah, I properly mean, licensed. Yeah, and, and I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, you could plead, like, self-defense because they weren't breaking into his Probably That's probably what stuff. happened. Probably but self-defense. Still... And I mean, there are technically, but I mean, if you Danny also there's no witnesses except for Danny, really. Yeah, and Danny didn't testify. Yeah, so so I guess they're I guess really they're like the prosecution's case would be kind of limited because obviously they don't. I wonder see, if they pursued like, the death penalty. They don't penalty. see the brutality that we saw. Yeah, I wonder if they pursued the death penalty. I mean, they had to have seen the something because the curb stomp. I mean, that's yeah. not self defense. That's straight up aggravated assault and yeah. battery and all that stuff. But uh, I wonder if it also. Like the amount of bullets fired counts towards yeah twenty four. That's a lot of bullets. That's eight bullets per person. Which they're probably looking at the guns like that's a nine round clip. He shot twenty. This motherfucker's magic. This dude reloaded. Yeah. <laughs> um, we come back to present day and Danny and his, Danny's friends show up at his house and, and they go to this skinhead punk party, which yeah. is terrifying because <laughs> it's just littered with Nazi paraphernalia. There's a punk band playing that's all propaganda. They're having beer, and they're all just... It's a bonfire, basically. Uh, Derek shows up because he wants to talk to Cameron. So, at this party, we have Cameron, Derek, Danny, Seth, Stacy, pretty much the whole crew that we've seen this this, this far. Uh, Derek goes in. We finally meet Cameron because Cameron is talking to Danny and trying to like mold Danny into being what Derek used to be for him. And so... Derek comes in, he tells Danny to go away, and so he can talk to Cameron. And basically he tells Cameron that, you know, you prey on the weak, you know, you, you used me, stay away from Danny, or I will feed you your fucking heart. That's a line he says. I fucking love that line. Cameron is, again, Again, like, that's one of those lines from the trailer. That line's in the trailer. It just doesn't have it just the doesn't, weight. Like, it doesn't hold Out the of context, weight. it has no fucking impact. Uh, Cameron's like, look, I don't have to go to Danny, he's gonna come to me. And Cameron just gets a fucking fist to the face, and pretty much Cameron puts out a burn notice on yeah. Derek. He's like, "Look, real you're done. fucking quick." Yeah, like, the, the word spreads about that in like a second. Yeah, it's 1998. Keep that in mind because Derek goes out and he talks to Stacy. He tries to convince Stacy. He's like, "Look, leave all this shit behind. This is all bullshit. This whole racist skinhead propaganda Nazi crap is bullshit." And she's like, "Look, you don't understand. You've been in jail for three years." We have like a nationwide organization now, thanks to the internet. We have people in Seattle, people in New York. They all know you. They all pretty much worship you. And at this party, there are people that are like worshiping him like a yeah. god. Like it's crazy. Uh, Seth pulls a gun out on Derek because he finds out what he did to Cameron. Yeah, he like walks in there and sees Cameron, and then yeah. he comes out and pulls that gun. So pretty much, Derek is in the middle of this. How many? You want to say maybe like a hundred, two hundred people? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. All these skinheads want Derek dead. And so somehow Derek gets the upper hand on Seth, gets the gun, and basically uses the gun to get his way out of the out of the party. And the whole <laughs> time this is happening, Stacy is just calling him the N-word relentlessly. Like, just yelling at the top yeah. of her lungs. So, yeah, man. It's crazy. He, he manages to escape. He tosses the gun. And... Danny like confronts him in the street and he's he's like crying tears. He's like, dude, who are you? I don't even know who you who are the anymore. Fuck do you think you are? Yeah. Dude? He pushes him into this shutter like eight times. Yeah. Um, but look, they say he's like, look, come with me. They go to the basketball court. 
and Danny and Derek sit down. He's like, I'm gonna. He basically starts telling him about prison and what happened and to why he Dude, is like he is now. Super extended flashback. This flashback lasts pretty much the rest of the movie. Almost the rest of the movie, yeah. So, like, his first day, it's all voiceover. Danny, uh, ever, uh, Norton is telling you, you know, I was pretty much, uh, you know, dead he's like in, two, like He's like, two days in, I didn't think I'd last a week. Yeah. He's like, everyone wanted me dead. The blacks wanted me dead. The Mexicans wanted me dead. Yeah. And pretty much everyone knew yeah. who I was and what I did. Uh, so he goes out in the yard and he's like, my, my only hope was to plant a flag and see if a friend found it. And basically what he means by that is the Aryan Brotherhood that's in jail. Yeah, he's like, he, he walks out, takes his shirt off, mm-hmm. starts getting, his, getting a pump on. Yeah, and they see all his swastika tattoos yeah. and everything. And so basically they, they recruit him. To a Nazi prison party. Like, it's just Yay. all of them. Yeah. Fweens. <laughs> they, they all start hanging out together. And, uh, you know, in prison, uh, Edward Norton gets assigned to laundry duty. And he, his partner in here is a black gentleman named Lamont. And Lamont is hilarious. Lamont oh, he's is the funniest dude. He doesn't stop talking. Like, thank God for this character. Yeah. Because this it, it needed movie some needed levity. some kind of humor to it. <laughs> it needed a comedic relief because there was none up to this point. Uh, He's he. They start. You know, Lamont tries to talk to him, and and Edward Norton is not having it. He's yeah. not gonna he's talk like to a black gentleman. Yeah. And so he's like, you know, you try to act hard, but in the joint, you're the N word, not me. <laughs> Meaning that like the white people are the minorities here in prison, uh, and that nothing they do is gonna, you know, no how hard they try to act is not gonna mean shit. So we get a year in, uh, to prison, and Edward Norton is pretty much. Like, he's like, I, he, you know, he's pretty much coasting through. Yeah, he's, he, that's what he says. He's like, I pretty much was great for the first year. He's like, chilling with his Aryan brothers, and no one's fucking with him. But he notices one of the guys in his group is making a drug deal with uh, one of the, the the men from the Mexican uh, group, and he he thinks this is all. He's like, this is all. That's bullshit. He shouldn't be doing that because you know he he's sticking yeah. to his guns, and it's all political. And like the pretty much leader of the skinheads. Is a dude who has a full head of hair. He's yeah. a giant man. Huge dude. He's like, look, we're all tired like of Colossus your... Colossus from X-Men. Yes. He's like, look, we're all tired of your preachy bullshit. You know, he's just doing that on the side, you know, to make a little something for himself. He's like, yeah. And Derek's like, yeah, but that defeats the whole purpose of what we are, what we yeah. represent. Um, and so he kind of just walks off, and he's kind of done with it. And so... He he gets a visit from his mom, which if, if you remember, Derek said he doesn't want any visits from his mom, and his mom's like, "Look, Danny is going down the same path that you are." Yeah. And Edward Norton's like, "Well, what the fuck do you want me to do from it? You don't think that I'm thinking about that, but I've got to do it myself in here." And his mom makes a, a really great line that I love. She says, "You know, you think you're the only one doing time. You think that I'm not in here with you." Yeah. I feel like it's a strong ass line. Fuck She's yeah, like. She's like, I don't want to watch my youngest fail like my oldest son did. Yeah, it's like, I already watched one son fuck his life up. I don't want to watch the other. Yep. So, this, that scene is just heavy, dude. Yeah, like, his mom... I mean, he's just like, I don't have time for this shit and just walks away. Yeah, his mom is... She's probably one of the most tragic characters in this movie. Oh, completely agree. Uh, so, we go back to laundry duty. And <laughs> we find out this... Again, Derek been in here for a year and apparently he has not spoken or laughed or given Lamont anything this whole time and they've worked together every day for a year and you know Lamont's like like he's just ang- like Derek's just angry as he's folding these 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 uh sheets and Lamont's like look no matter how hard 
you you try to you you're you're working like you're trying to get to the end of the day's shift. He's like, no matter how fast and how hard you work, they're just gonna keep bringing in more sheets and more sheets, and you're never gonna finish. It's just a waste of time. You're gonna give yourself a heart attack. And Edward Orton's not hearing it. He just still starts folding. But then Lamont makes this joke. He's basically like, <laughs> he he pretends to be like he's in the KKK. He holds the sheet up on his head like a dunce hat, pretty oh much. Oh my god, I love this. And he crosses his eyes. And he's like, we, you know, he's mocking Edward Norton. He's like, I hate N words. I don't know what an N word is, but I know I gotta hate him. And he just starts making fun of him the whole time. And Derek gives a, a little smile, like a little chuckle. Yeah, he gets that little smirk. And then he starts folding sheets in a calm manner. He's like, and Lamont's like, see, you're good. Um. We get some more stuff throughout Derek through his time where he's kind of splitting from the Aryan Brotherhood mm-hmm. and just kind of living on his own. And then we go back into another laundry duty. And again, Derek's still not giving this man anything. But they start to bond because Lamont starts asking him, he's like, you got a woman outside? Of course you got a woman. He's like, that's what I miss the most about being out is, you know, the smell of a woman. And, you know, he's like, you can't it's let... because he's sniffing the sheets. Yeah, he's sniffing the sheets. And he's Derek's like... just looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, man, the, this detergent, it makes like, me miss... Tell me that don't make you think of a woman. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he, he apparently Lamont doesn't know that Derek doesn't allow visitors. So he's like, you know, if right. your woman comes to visit, you can't let her leave mad. Because it's not like outside. If you have mad, if you, if you, uh, you and your girl have a fight, y'all can have makeup sex. And here, you have to worry <laughs> if she's out there sleeping with somebody else. And he's like, but man, when you get out, you know, and he starts basically like, j- like talking this hilarious story about fucking this girl and yep. like how she's like, he's like mock, like saying like, oh, I'll pretending to be her. He's like, oh, I forgive you. I forgive you. As she's like climaxing and Derek breaks. He just can't help but laugh his ass off. And basically the two become BFFs. Like they, oh, best wins forever. They cut to like later on throughout his sentence and they're having like this whole discussion about oh, the like Lakers the versus the, the Celtics. And they're just they're just they're BFFs at this point. They're having a great time, and Derek is starting to kind Which of. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna take the Celtics over the Lakers. I'm gonna take the Celtics. Over I'm gonna the take the Celtics over the Lakers. <laughs> um, and Derek me and, my, asks me him, and my brother have had this. My, my brother is a big Lakers fan, <laughs> and we have had this exact same fucking argument. <laughs> uh, Derek asks, "Is like, look, man, you've you've been in here. We've been here over at least a year. What have you done to get in to to to, to be in prison?" And Lamont's like, dude, I can't tell you. It's embarrassing. He's like, don't you think we're all embarrassed? We all got caught. Everything we did is embarrassing. Yeah. And uh, Lamont says, I stole a TV. He's like, what? No, no, that's not all that <laughs> happened. You've been in here. Because he had a six-year sentence. He's like, nope. I, I stole a TV. I ran outside. The owner was chasing me. But I ran into three cops because next door was a donut shop. <laughs> and they said, I dropped the TV on one of the police officer's foot. They said I threw it at him, and they charged me with assault. That's six years. And Derek doesn't believe him. He's like, there's got to be more to the story, but we never find out if there is anything else more to the story. They say, that's it. Yeah. Um, we cut back to the yard, and there's this integrated basketball game happening where Derek's playing, and everyone else is playing except the skinheads. Mm-hmm. The skinheads are not about it. Uh, one of the... the I'm going to call him Billy Bob, because this dude looks like he's a fucking Billy Bob. Like, he's got... <laughs> Almost Wait, like talking a Down about the, syndrome. The leader or no, no, no. The other one. The oh. one that makes the deal. That looks like he's got like a little bit of downs yeah. in him. A little bit of inbred. Just a touch. He tries to do like a how uh how Hitler salute to Derek, and Derek's not having it. And yeah, he so, just like looks at him and then walks away. 
after that, plus the integrated basketball game, the Arians are like, look, we got to do something about Derek. And so... And they do something. We cut to a shower scene where, one by one, everyone in the shower but Derek just leaves. And there's this weird, like, wimpy little Hispanic guard like that could yep. do absolutely nothing if nothing. a prison break were to happen or a riot or anything. But basically, all the Aryan brothers enter. They, you know, wrap a towel around Derek's neck and they hold him against the wall. And the leader... Uh, sodomizes him. Yeah, rapes and, the fuck out of him. But here's the thing: not only is he raping him, he's like raping him standing up. Yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> like well, bent over, like, you're in and a he's like bashing his head against the fucking yeah, wall as he's doing it. Yeah, like this is fucking brutal, dude. Yeah, and it's all in slow motion. We all get to hear, his, and he's like got his voice breaks as he's telling him to fuck you, in like that Edward Norton kind of yeah. really defenseless kind of way. But like I said. The worst part to me is just the standing up. Because if you're bent over, you're in prime position, I think. At least for Can what you would not be... use the phrase prime position when okay, talking you're right. about I'm a rape? Sorry, I'm Jesus. sorry. Best case scenario. How about that? Is that better? No, none okay. of it's better. No, well, less painful? Okay, I know, you know the what whole I'm saying. point of this podcast is to find a silver <laughs> lining. Let me put it but this way. There's no silver lining in a rape. Let me put it this way. There is nothing there's nothing funny about rape. There's no you know I guess you're right, there's no best case scenario, <laughs> but I would say less painful way would probably be not standing up. Because that seems like the worst possible <sighs> position to be raped. I'm just saying, dude. Okay, that, so then they leave him on the fucking floor yeah, bleeding. They bash his head against the floor and he is just left in a, as a whimpering little dog, Good pretty Lord. much. Uh Sweeney comes to visit uh, Derek in jail, and we find out that Derek had to get six stitches, but that he's going to be all right. And uh, we only see two stitches on his face, so I'll let you, your imagination, uh, work. And Derek breaks down. He just starts crying at the side of Sweeney. Like, he is just done. He's been raped. He's been humiliated. He's in prison. And now, for at least in his <laughs> mind, a, a black gentleman have to come, has to come save him. Yeah. And so he's, he, he's a shell of a, of a former person. Uh, Sweeney says the same thing that uh, their, their mom did. Says Danny's Danny's headed down the same path that Derek is. Path. Um, <sighs> and Danny's Danny, uh, not Danny. Derek turns to Sweeney and says, "Look, I need your help. I'm I can't do this shit anymore." And Sweeney's, Sweeney is a hard ass. He's like, "Look, I don't. I'm not gonna buy into this shit just because you come crawling to me, crying for my help." He's like, "You gotta do more than that." And, Derek's like, I'll, I'll leave. As soon as I get out of prison, I'll leave so it doesn't affect Danny. I'll go somewhere else. He's like, it's not good enough. And so, again, Derek just kind of breaks down because he, he doesn't know what to do. And Sweeney's like, look, read these books that I'm giving you. You got to, you know, you can't just, like, fall back. You've got to do something, you know, to help your brother. So the next day, we get a, a quote-unquote funny scene that's not really funny. Um uh, you find humor in the weirdest Well, scenes. again, well, give me this. I'll, I'll explain why it's quote-unquote funny, but Derek enters... Because he's, like, waddling? Yeah, Derek enters... Well, it's not, it's not that he's waddling. It's that the the Billy Bob character is laughing, and you don't understand why he's laughing, but then we turn, and we see what he's looking at, and it's Derek kind of waddling in yeah. from, not, from the rape, not being able to sit down comfortably. And it's... That's why I say quote-unquote funny. Like, I think you're supposed to kind of be like, eh. but then you see what happens, and you're like, oh, shit, this is way worse. But... You know, the skinheads, like, offer him a seat at the table. Like, okay, you've learned your lesson. And Derek walks right past him and sits, and by, sits himself. At the table by himself. Yeah. And Lamont sees this, and he is like, ah, oh, fuck. And so, 
excuse me, uh, they're in their laundry in the in the work room, and Lamont's like, "Look, you are fucking up." He's like, "You can't fucking like." You know, you gotta stick. The, the Brotherhood was the only thing fucking protecting you in here. Now anyone can come after you. The, yeah. The Mexicans come after you. The Blacks can come after you, and no one can protect you. And Derek's like, "Look, I gotta do what I gotta do." And throughout the rest of the remainder of his uh, his sentence, he keeps saying, "You know, I kept expecting every day to be my last. I kept waiting for it. I was hoping if when it comes, it would be quick, but nothing ever happened." Yeah. And that's when he kind of learns that, oh, you don't have to side with one group. You know, yeah. to to be represented, you could be your own person. He lets his hair grow back out. He starts reading the books that Sweeney gave him. Which I wonder what kind of books he gave him. I'm assuming it's probably something like uh, maybe probably not the Harry Potter series. <laughs> uh, it's probably like some you know like uh, civil rights kind of thing for or or mm. at least something of that kind of nature. Right, I assume so. Something like that. But Derek, this is the last day. Derek gets out, and we see that Lamont is now gardening. He got out of laundry duty. Now yeah, he's gardening, which right. I think that's probably worse. Cause you're out in the sun doing manual labor now. Yeah, but you're fucking outside. I guess. Probably awesome. Uh, and Derek says, you know, the only reason I'm getting out of here is because of you. And Lamont is trying to, you know, stand up and be his prison hard ass self. Is like, man, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm not gonna stick my neck out for some peckerwood, as he calls him. Yeah. And Derek gets out. And we cut back to present day where Danny is sitting in his room. You know, as, as he's working on his paper, he's looking around at all his Nazi paraphernalia. And Derek enters, and they decide they're just going to tear down everything. And it's a beautiful scene because, like, the music that's playing, oh, we get yeah. to see both brothers taking that down. That should make you cry real fucking yeah. quick. Now, notice this: they don't throw. Derek doesn't throw it away, or uh, Danny doesn't throw it away. He just puts them in the closet, which was kind of like unsettling to me. Like, I, 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 I've seen the scene all the time, and they play it off like, yeah, they're both coming to the consensus that this is stupid. But Danny kind of just shoves everything in the closet, and so we get I more mean, voiceover. In his defense, that's what I did as a kid when I was cleaning my room. Yeah, just tear down everything. Shove everything in the closet. Yeah. Uh, Shit, I still do that now. We get we get another one last uh, flashback um, where Danny's saying, you know, just it wasn't just Cameron that did this, you know. It was, yeah, like you kind of like this whole time you're led to believe it was Cameron who like twisted twisted Derek. this, but we come out, kind of find out that this happened way we before. We come to find out that Derek's father is Alan, Alan Matthews. Matthews. <laughs> uh, yeah, we cut to another Wait dinner scene and this is uh, well before you know, Seven obviously before. that we call racism. <laughs> well, obviously. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Obviously this is way before uh, Derek's dad was killed and they're having this dinner, and it's a nice little family dinner. And they're just talking back and forth. And we find out Alec Matthews is secretly a racist. And the reason why is because, you know, he asked Derek about school. And Derek's like, oh, you know, I got this awesome new teacher. Sweeney. Professor Sweeney. He's such a he's such a cool guy. He's, you know, he comes on strong. But, like, all the stuff he's telling me is really cool. He's got us reading this book, Native Son. And then uh, Alec Matthews is a little uncomfortable. He's like, well, what, what is that? What is Native Son? And he's like, oh, you know, it's this... About this black guy, whatever, and that's all Alan Matthew has to hear to ease into his racist rant. Yep. He's like, you know, that's just typical. And Derek's like, what's typical? He's like, well, you know, uh, it, it's it's everywhere I see is this affirmative action thing, but he calls it affirmative black action, obviously. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you know, you know wordplay. He's like, this Native Sun book. What's why do we have to have this book? Was all the other books not good enough? Now and again, he has that same kind of rhetoric and charisma that, just like Derek did, where you're like. Like, okay, I kind of see where you're coming like from. Like you see, like 
again, like you're led to believe it's Cameron the whole time, but then you kind of find out like Derek's dad was his dad had a big influence on him. And he's like, you know, he starts going off on the side. He's like, you know, I have two guys on my squad now, two black guys that got the job because of affirmative action that uh, over two white guys that scored better than them. He's like, yeah, everything's equal now, but now I have two guys that are less qualified on my force watching my back, which I'm like, Okay, I understand where you're coming from. You have some valid points. However, yeah, my, my dad, my, okay, my dad was a fire chief for 20 something years. So this scene, I'm kind of like, I, I get what you're saying, but like, you're saying it in such a racist way. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but just because you're saying it and it makes sense doesn't mean it's right. Right. Necessarily. And, you know, he's like, you know, take, take the man's class, ace the, ace his test, ace his, ace the paper. Just don't feed into everything he's given you. Right. And so this is, again, this is where we find out, yeah, Derek's dad was kind of already spinning him on this path. And uh, we cut back to present day. Uh, Danny writes his paper. Uh, you know, Edward Furlong's taking a shower as this all happening. He realizes... Edward Norton. Oh, I'm sorry. Edward Norton's taking a shower. And when he gets out of the shower, he looks at himself in the mirror and realizes he is covered in swastikas and all this other yeah. stuff that he can't take off. And he's just, like, feels shitty about it. He's like, well, fuck, dude. He's like, even though I've got this change at heart... I, it's literally on my skin forever now, yeah. and we cut to. Well, Dan- yeah, you get well, you get that scene of him covering. Yeah, covering he covers his his, his, his swastika on his chest with his hand, and it's a really nice scene. Yeah, uh, but Danny is uh, walking with Derek to school. Derek's like, "I'm gonna take you to school today," and he's dressed up nice. He's got to meet his parole officer, and his mom loves it. He loves that he's seeing his two her two sons, yeah. you know, happy and on the right path again. So happy. They stop at this diner, which. If you're a keen movie uh, watcher, you've you'll seen this diner. A this lot. diner is uh, specifically from the Big Lebowski during the toe scene. Well, and I think uh, this might not be true, but I feel like I read this. This diner literally exists for movies. For yeah, movies, it's rented out for movies. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, they go in. You know, as they're ordering breakfast, uh, Sweeney shows up with the police chief. And they're like, <laughs> "Look, this scene was a little confusing to me." He's like, "Look, Cameron and Seth are in the ICU." We want you to to come down and talk to your old crew, which I don't understand. I guess they're wanting to try and disband this whole DOC thing from the inside, and they want Derek to do it. Because I think what they're saying is pretty much like, after that party the night before, like, Cameron and Seth were out. I don't know if it's implied they were looking for Derek or whatever, but pretty much they get jumped and get the shit beat out of them. Uh, and the cop's like, look, we want you to help. You've got to do this. And Derek's like, you're going to get me shot by a bunch of white boys. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. And Sweeney's unmoved. He's like, dude, you've got to do something to break this down. You have the ability to bring this whole thing yeah. down. And so Derek's like, all right, look, I'm going to take Danny to school. And I'll come back here in half an hour and we'll, we'll go we'll, down and yeah, talk we'll to like, him. We'll discuss the plan. And so they're walking down the street <coughs> and they go to school and they have like this nice little walk. And it's just a nice day. Yeah. But the whole time Derek's looking over his shoulder because he thinks someone's going to roll up on him yeah. and shoot him at any moment. Uh, anyways, he drops Danny off at school. He sees Danny with his little girlfriend. They walk into school, and Derek starts walking back. As Derek starts walking back, he notices like this uh, Oldsmobile, this old car, is kind of drive by slowly, almost like a drive-by. And he gets a little worried at first, but then he looks inside. He can't really see who's inside, but he knows it's not a white person. Yeah. Uh, and he gets kind of this look on his face, this confused, trying to like put pieces together kind of face. Yeah, it's almost like a sixth sense thing. Like it just something just makes him really uncomfortable. Yeah. And we cut to the bathroom scene. Uh, Danny, oh, yeah, Danny's going to Danny's the restroom. Danny's going to the restroom. And he, we, he enters, he's by himself, and then we hear someone else enter. And uh, Danny turns around, and it's the the uh, the black kid from, from the beginning of the movie that yeah. he blew smoke into his face and everything. 
and they share like an awkward look at first, and then the black guy shoots Danny three, three times, times in the chest. Like bullets are apparently it's entry level exit wounds because like oh yeah, there's just blood splatter everywhere, all over the fucking everyone in the place. school freaks out, starts screaming. Like, yeah, it shows and, like the kids in the cafeteria like panicking because they yeah. have gunshots. Okay, and then the worst part of this, like that's sad. Like Danny is dead. Like Danny was on the road to change. And was killed because of this racist stuff. Yeah, his like past sins came back to haunt him pretty much. But the worst part that makes this scene so hard to watch is it cuts to the kid that shot him. And he has like, it's just this close up on his face. And he has this moment of like, oh, fuck, what did I just do? Almost like instant remorse. Like, Like at first he's like, fuck you, shoots the gun. Then the moment he finishes shooting, he's just like, oh, God. It's not just that he shoots him; it's that Danny gets shot in literally like a Christ-like pose. Like he gets oh, shot, yeah, oh, yeah. he throws like, his all, arms, arms up, are out. yeah, and it's just like it is heavy. There's a lot of blood here, and then we cut to a little bit later, and like the police, the the bathrooms being roped off. There's kids kind of trying to look inside. The police are there. Sweeney's there, and he has this look on his face of like, dude, this is this is it. This was all. This was culminated to this, and it yeah. finally happened. And then the saddest, probably the saddest part of the movie for me. dude. This is the ending. Edward Norton, in slow motion, is storming, sprinting, sprinting into this, this, this classroom. And the police are trying to chase up after him to try and catch him. And he breaks through the crowd. Sweeney tries to grab him from entering. And the way Edward Norton just starts screaming, get out of my way. But the way he starts screaming it, it's like his voice is breaking. And you, he's like... Not even looking at Sweeney. He's going through. He's literally pushing his way through Sweeney to get through to him. Not around him, nothing. Through him. And finally, Sweeney lets him in. And the music is like this operatic, swelling music. He enters, and the, the, the shot is just amazing. It's a POV shot as he enters from Derek, looking at Danny. Danny is across the room. And it's just like, he's by himself, slumped on the floor. Like in a urinal. Covered in blood. In a urinal, covered in blood. And Derek runs over, picks him up, and he starts screaming, so no, no, no. God. He's like, this is my fault. I, pre- I could have prevented this, pretty much. And he is, he's done. He is, that, that was the, the final straw. He is a, he's, I don't know what happens after this movie, but he is done. Yeah. Like, it's fucking hard to watch, dude. And I, as, that, I mean, that's pretty, like, we get that little voiceover from, mm-hmm. yeah, I was gonna talk about that. From Danny's paper. Yeah. Danny's, as Danny's in his arms, uh, we get the voiceover from the paper that he wrote for Sweeney saying, you know... Because he was hold, like he's holding his, his paper. American History X paper when he gets shot. Yeah. Because it's there laying on the ground next to him. Covered in blood. Yeah. And, you know, Danny's voiceover comes in as he's in Edward Norton's arms. He says, you know, hate is baggage. Life is too short to be pissed off all the time. And he ends his movie... He ends his paper with a quote from Abraham Lincoln basically saying, we're not enemies. We have to learn to live together kind yeah. of thing. And then we just got like a few shots of Venice and that's it. In the movie, <laughs> yeah, like I said, that's a that is a like this is a heavy movie. With that ending, but that ending is you don't feel good afterwards. No, that is the like that's one of the like in my opinion that's one of the heavier endings we've talked about. Yeah, I feel like it's a heavier ending than Requiem for a Dream. Oh yeah, like I think like this movie affects me like emotionally more than Requiem by far. Mm-hmm. Like I think the only movie that gets a bigger emotional reaction out of me that we've done buried. Is no, not no, that's even, the, not, not really even, emotional. That's Blue Valentine is what gets me. Uh, like that's that's it. a rough watch for me, but this one's fucking up there. And this 
you think this is a downer ending now. Wait till we get to the trivia section. I got some notes about the actual en- the ending of this movie. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, before I, I, we I talk about, about our silver lining, we get, I, I always like to bring up trivia for the movie that I think is relevant to our podcast or relevant to the movie. Not just like little shit, but things that could affect our influence on our, our silver lining. So, uh, Edward Norton turned down doing Saving Private Ryan to do this movie, which... I would love to have seen him in Saving Private Ryan. I had a feeling. I have a feeling he would have been the Jeremy Davies role, the translator. But I think Jeremy Davies killed it in that movie. Um, yeah. During the party scene, this one's interesting to me. During the party scene, uh, the SWAT skin that's on the back of Seth's jacket is counterclockwise, and apparently, in the skinhead world, the counterclockwise SWAT skin indicates a person that uh, is a leader, not a follower. But Seth is only a follower. Oh yeah, he yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, the film used the word fuck 214 times. Damn. I would like to have known how many times they used uh, the N-word. The N-word and like the other derogative terms that uh, they used to. It's probably up there as well. It's a lot. I mean, just in that fucking Stacy scene alone. Oh, yeah. Shit. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix was offered the role of Derek Vineyard. That's Edward Norton's role, but found that the subject matter of the film was distasteful and passionate Damn. project. That would, that would be interesting because interesting he's a great fucking actor. Can you imagine him as a skinhead? Dude? Man, like that's that opening a, scene with Joaquin Phoenix. That's two roles that he's almost taken. Well, kind of. Because he was up for... He, it was I think it was like between him and Ruffalo to replace Norton as the Hulk. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. Um, anyway. This is an interesting thing. Yeah, uh, this I've... this I didn't of, know this. this. Well, this ties into, I guess, Norton's reputation in... The industry, apparently. Yeah. Um, Edward Norton was said to have re-edited the film to lengthen his screen time, which I believe is what we see in the theatrical cut, is his cut of the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, director Tony Kaye said uh, you know, he attempted to get his own name removed from the credits because he didn't like that Edward Norton did that, but he violated a Director's Guild of America rule that states that directors that use pseudonyms, such as Alan Smithy or whatever... Uh, they're not allowed to talk about why they had their name removed. And Tony K tried to have his director credit be Humpty Dumpty after <laughs> all this happened. Uh, but, you know, he talked about that with uh, Variety magazine, and <coughs> that kind of, like, broke the rules, so now he has to be there credited. There was a lawsuit, wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, there was a huge lawsuit um, that with uh, New Line Cinema where because he broke this rule, he sued him for, you know, $200 million dollars. Which apparently was actually two hundred seventy-five million dollars. Holy shit! Uh, stating that the DGA rule violated his First Amendment rights. So basically, Tony K was so disgusted with the fact that Edward Norton edited his movie that he tried to have his own name removed from the movie and tried to use a pseudonym, which was Humpty Dumpty. And they were like, "Nope, you broke a rule. You're not allowed to do that because you told people why you did it." And you're, if you're going to use a pseudonym, you can't tell people why you chose to use a pseudonym. Huh. And he sued New Line Cinema for two hundred something million dollars. Apparently, uh, there is a movie that Tony K shot called Humpty Dumpty about the making of American History X. That really, has still to this day, not been released. Oh my god, I want to see that. Yeah, I do too. I'm uh, so curious. This 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 is another part of why Tony K probably didn't want to have his name on the end credits. He said. Both Edward Furlong and Edward Norton were, uh, Norton were constantly changing the script, and it made Tony Kaye's vision of what American History X was going to be different. And he he didn't even want to make the movie anymore halfway through making this movie. Uh, he said he was so unsatisfied with Norton's performance 
that uh, he still feels like the movie is unfinished. Huh. Which like, is, I'm, I'm curious as to what like his vision for it was. I'm, I'm curious as to what he why he was so unsatisfied with his performance. I can understand maybe him wanting to change the script yeah, or wanting like to maybe have he the was film. unprofessional on set, but his actual performance is fucking fantastic in this. Yeah. Uh so here's another little thing. Uh the original ending for the movie. Oh, okay, yeah. This I know This about. is this is where I feel like if Norton is like has this notoriety, notoriety of wanting to change things on set. This is a good change. Yeah, I completely agree. The original ending for this movie was much darker. It was after Danny gets shot, we get a scene of Derek standing in front of a mirror shaving his head again. Uh, and this, you know, was to make, basically imply that there's this endless cycle of violence. Uh, but it was just, Edward Norton thought, no, that's, Derek yeah. learned his lesson. I see. Well, see, I always, whenever I heard about that shot, I always interpreted it as, He's going along with Sweeney's plan, like he's going undercover or something I, like that. See, I read that and took it as, oh no, Derek's going right back into the same shit he was So doing. maybe that's why they cut it, like it's too ambiguous. Yeah. That it's it's not it's not the ambiguity that we talked about with Halloween three. New. No. This is like you get two completely different yeah. like it's this or it's this. And this is a movie that's supposed to teach you something, so it either teaches you one thing or another, and both are exact opposites. I like the ending that it has in this movie because I oh, I feel agree. like Derek learned his lesson. Yeah, and uh, that's what I was gonna actually say. For what's if you don't mind me jumping in, I was gonna say that's oh, my silver go. lining. I think Danny being shot is a good thing for Derek. No, and I mean honestly, that's pretty much what mine is too. Because I mean, there's there's not a lot you can as far no. as uh, I mean there there's stuff, another like, one I'll talk about after this. But I again, I think Danny being shot teaches Derek a lesson. Yeah. And like, I don't think Derek's <clears throat> ever going back now. No, no, definitely. Like, uh, I think he is washing his hands of the whole situation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like in my like in my fan theory, I don't even think he goes along with Sweeney and them plans. I think he just walks away from in it your all. head cannon. Yeah. yeah, I I think he yeah he he probably packs up and moves. Yeah, like I don't think he's sticking around anymore. There's but, just yeah, no the way silver he lining could. here is that now Derek has been reformed. I mean, he was already on the right path, but I feel like him agreeing to do Sweeney's plan was going to kind of put him right back in yeah. the mix. And now that this has happened, he's done. He is out of it for sure. Uh, my other silver lining was going to be that at least Cameron and uh, Seth, the two worst offenders, I think, other than maybe Stacy, got what's coming to them as well. Yeah. And that maybe now that this group is saw their leaders kind of, kind leaderless, of yeah. maybe they're kind of will branch out and like disperse and just, you know, kind of like, uh, but again, I kind of feel like it's almost like what happened with the Empire and the New Order is that like, yeah, like splin- almost the, like splinter groups. It's the splin- splinters off, but then some other groups come right back up, yeah. you know what I mean? Which again would tie into this whole idea of this endless cycle. But for Derek, for our lead character, I think, you know, he learned his lesson. Yeah, I agree completely. It's not the best kind of silver lining, but it is for it's, him. Yeah. You like, have to, you know, you have to lose something to gain something. So while he lost his brother, who was pseudo nigh innocent. In this situation, maybe. I mean, he didn't necessarily, quote-unquote, have what was coming to him. Right. But uh, he definitely wasn't 100% innocent. And, you know, no, not at all. Yeah, that's what we learned. So, so I need cheered up after this. Mm-hmm. On about you. I got one. Uh, what pe- do you got? What's, 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 what's your alternative to come back from this? So, after watching American <laughs> History X, if you want to do a double feature and bring your spirits back up, I say watch another Edward Furlong movie that is... So much fun, and probably, I don't know, I don't know if 
his performance in this movie is better than T2 or this movie, but I like him more in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Detroit Rock City. Hell yeah. If you haven't seen Great it, choice. it's basically a road trip movie that's centered. A, that's a fun, that is a very fun movie. It's a fun movie. It's a, basically a road trip movie centered around the band Kiss. It's four guys yeah. going to a Kiss concert, and it is fucking awesome. <laughs> And Edward Furlong plays pretty much, he's one of the four, but he's pretty much the lead character. I oh, think. yeah. I think, yeah, I always, yeah. Plus, he gets uh, he gets to uh, have sex with Gene Simmons' wife in the movie. So True. That's great. True. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, what about you? What do you got? I went, um, I also went for an Edward. I went for Norton, myself. Um, I'm going to go Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, okay. Going Completely yeah. the farthest, most extreme <laughs> away from American History X. Yeah. Just good, lighthearted, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Both good choices, then. So excellent choices. It's funny we didn't go uh, Edward Norton. Uh, what? I mean, like I didn't go. I, I went Edward Furlong. You went Edward Norton. I went Norton. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't, we didn't go for the same actor. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, that was good times. Or you could watch Waterboy if you really like Faroosa Balk. I mean, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> Vicky Valancourt. <laughs> God damn it. All right, so that is Gatorade. Yeah, that's the silver lining for American <laughs> History X. This is now our officially our longest episode. Boom. Yep. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. If you haven't already, you know what I'm going to say. Please subscribe and rate uh, us on iTunes. Leave us feedback. You're like a broken record. You got to do it, man. This is <laughs> um, next to advertising in the middle of a show. This is the worst part of podcasting. You're right. You're right. Uh, but I, I like to put it here now because we also like to leave people with a clue for next week, which we're going to get into. So let me go ahead and do this though. Yeah. Again, subscribe, rate, leave us feedback on iTunes, please, if you haven't already. If you want to leave us a suggestion for a movie you'd like us to talk about that's got a down or a fucked up ending. Ending? Ending. Oh, please yeah. go to facebook.com uh, slash silver linings playlist and leave us a suggestion either on a post or you can message us directly. We will be happy to take your your consideration, Absolutely. your suggestion into our schedule. We'd love to do it. Uh, clue for next week. Uh, we continue on. We don't stop. This train keeps going with the silver linings. Uh, what do you got, Mally? What's the clue for next week's episode? Spiders. That's it? Short and sweet. All right, so do it. That will all make sense in due time. And this is a movie I haven't seen yet. I know this is a first. Yeah, usually we've both seen these movies plenty of times because we did dog. (coughs) Excuse me, we did Dog Pound, which I hadn't seen. Right, and I was in traumatic shock Mm -hmm. because I watched that movie. You showed up right as I was finishing it, and we recorded that episode, (laughs) and I was in shock the whole time. Yep. All right, so thank you. This for is going to be an interesting. I'm, one. I'm excited because I love this director, and yes. this is the one movie I think of his that I haven't seen yet. So, all right, so until next week, we'll you guys. We do uh, every week, as always. Excelsior. Excelsior.